0: So give us a little behind the scenes of Shark Tank.
1: It's crazy because it's just like what you see on TV, like where you're walking through those doors (laughs) and it seems like the longest hallway, you know, before you get to the sharks and then you're standing in front of them and you're just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to feel right now. That experience was absolutely everything. You know, to be able to be on a mainstream show to take Dapper Boy in front of mainstream folks is invaluable no matter what the outcome was.
0: Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead with Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, it is the final week of June, which means it's the final week of LGBTQ plus Pride Month, and we are thrilled to celebrate with our Pride on Brand collection. So check us out at Lead with brand.com slash pride to hear all of our fabulous episodes featuring executives, leaders, and change makers, all who identify as members of the LGBTQ community. Check out our brand new episodes, including Sarah Kate Ellis, the president and CEO of GLAAD, Stephen Macias, the president of multicultural marketing and communications at RNC PMK, and Chris Mosiah, the executive director of consumer and community banking at JP Morgan Chase. And we've got an amazing episode for you today because we have a first in fact we have two guests. Our very first show where we're interviewing two folks at the same time, it is Vicky and Sharice Pasha, who are the founders of Dapper Boy, a San Diego-based body-inclusive apparel line. But before we get to Vicky and Sharice, let's talk a little bit about your brand. Now, I just got back to Los Angeles after a week crisscrossing the entire country, speaking at a whole host of amazing LGBTQ Pride Month events, and I capped off the week celebrating in New York City, the home of it all, where the Stonewall Rebellion took place back in 1969. Now, as I watched the amazing Pride March, I was blown away at how many amazing big brands were participating in the parade. And I know we're at a time in our country where we feel very polarized and there's been Lots of conversation around, you know, who's doing what and everything. But at the end of the day, these big brands that are participating in pride are leading with their values. They are doing things that are on brand for them. So that's the key thing for you to remember. You know what? Your brand is as much about what you choose to do as what you choose to not to do. Let me say that again. Your brand is as much about what you choose to do as what you choose not to do. Now, when you choose to do something, you always want to do it on brand, and that's where your superpowers and your brand attributes come into play, or as other people might call them, really your values. What is it that you stand for? What is the value that you bring? And how is it that you can wrap that around any project or any initiative that you work on. Now, you all know that I fly 100 to 150,000 miles a year, crisscrossing the country and around the globe, really talking lead with your brand at a variety of conferences and big corporations. Now, who gets me there? It's actually my friends over at United Airlines, which is the airline I've been flying since I was a kid because my dad would always take us on United because they used to be one of the only airlines that flew to Hawaii where he grew up. Well, one of the things that I love about Flying United is that they have a very clear brand, right? Now, they have recently come out and said that their brand is all about good leading the way, right? Which is a great tagline, but it's really brought out by the things that they choose to do and the things that they choose not to do. So let me give you a great example. They've put a stake in the ground on really having eco-skies, reducing waste, using different types of fuels, selecting aircraft that have a lighter impact on the world. They've doubled down on inclusion, not only from a standpoint of their customers, but their entire workforce with a commitment to hiring and training women and people of color in pilot positions as we look to really revitalize that part of their workforce. And they're also talking about inclusion. You know, when I see one of those good leads the way ads, I'm always struck because I can see one of those pride pins that one of their flight attendants is wearing from their employee resource group. Now, in fact, I even saw them at Broadway Bears because they sponsored uh, Broadway Fights AIDS event in New York City last week, and they showed up in the parade. And I had a special chance to show up at the United Airlines employee resource. Resource group Pride Party, where they really demonstrated what good leads the way looks like as they supported their New York based employees. Now, here's the question for you What is it that you stand for, and how can that show up in anything that you do? Whether it's a project, the way you introduce yourself, Or how you carry yourself in a meeting, a conversation, or when you first meet someone. It's all about being on brand. Well, we've got a great show for you today. We have Vicky and Sharice Pasha, who are a married couple and are partners not only in life but in business as the founders of Dapper Boy, a San Diego-based body inclusive apparel line founded in 2015. Now, over the past few years, they have generated over $4 million in sales with a customer base of over 30,000 people from all genders, sizes, and body types with an unheard of repeat customer rate of 71%. Now, you know that very little VC money goes to women-owned businesses and even less to openly LGBTQ plus business owners, but Dapper Boy continues to defy all odds. In fact, they are in the top 0.5% of the 2.2 million Shopify stores, and they have been featured on Forbes, Entrepreneur, ABC, CNN, and were recently featured on Shark Tank, which you know that I love. We'll be back in just a few moments with the team from Dapper Boy. And we are back. We have a fabulous show today. In fact, it is a first because we are interviewing two folks. I have the founders of Dapper Boy, Vicky and Sharice Pasha. Vicky and Sharice, what is going on today? What
2: is
1: um, We're so excited <laughs> to be here. Thank you so much for having us.
0: Well, I am thrilled to have you. And happy LGBTQ plus Pride Month. What are you doing to <laughs> celebrate?
1: Well, we already kicked it off by going to queer prom in West Hollywood um, last week. And it was amazing. And it was just so mm-hmm. fun to like relive prom with my wife. Um, so much fun.
0: <laughs> yes. And of course, because you are in the fashion business, I have to ask, what did you all wear to gay prom? <laughs> um,
1: I'm going to uh, jump in here. So what's interesting is, is I actually don't own a tuxedo. Dapper Boy is an everyday line. We have friends, though, that, you know, make great tuxes. We just didn't have enough time because it was kind of a last minute, like, yes, we're going to queer prom. But what <laughs> I ended up doing was um, piecing together some of the Dapper Boy pieces. So I had my Dapper Boy casual knit black blazer, and we just so happened to um, get a sample in of matching pants to go with that, that we're going to end mm. up launching with the uh, white button up. And I found this really cool oversized um, like bow tie with it. And then Sharice was looking sexy. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was cool to go with Vicki. She's got some moves. <laughs> She's got some moves. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, speaking of moves, I know you both have the moves because you are both founders of an amazing company called Dapper Boy. So tell me a little bit about Dapper Boy. What is new, hot, and now that we should all know about?
1: Man, so we are just catching up. We were recently aired on Shark Tank uh, back in April here. So um, Dapper Boy has gone through some crazy stuff over the last year. We've been in business since 2015, but you know through the COVID delays and all that, we we went through it. So now um, what's exciting is you know we we didn't get investor from Shark Tank itself, but we did get our investor Kellyanne Widget from Widget. Um, from Alternative Wealth Partners, which has been amazing. So we're able to put in some purchase orders finally for this summer collection. We're actually doing our first um, music video this weekend just to showcase um, these dancers and just different variety of people and sizes and genders and di- you know just diverse people in our clothes to show the movement and just who we are. So we're super excited.
3: Like we fit everyone. Our, our jeans are size 26 to 52. And we really believe in not just size inclusivity, but showing a diverse lineup of people that wear our clothes. And it's exciting to see how our clothes have changed people, especially since Shark Tank. Like people are coming out and talking to us, parents are sharing incredible stories. It's just been, it's so cool to see how our brand has been life-changing. I know it sounds like it's just clothes, but clothes matter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it's how we express ourselves. It's even how absolutely. how like our brand comes forward from the very mm-hmm. get go. So uh-huh. when we talk all about branding, right, we're, we're always talking about the elevator pitch. And as founders, I know you are on that pitch all of the time, whether it's Shark Tank, other investors, retailers, distributors. So give us your pitch on what Dapper Boy is.
1: I think in short, the best way to put it is that our whole mission is to inspire authenticity through clothing, mm. you know, in a wide range of body types and sizes. That's the best way to put it. You know, we've gone through, really morphed, you know, throughout the years and what that mission statement was, but to nail down, you know, to speak to a, a broad audience and not just within, like we're proud to be lesbian founders, but it's so much more than that. And the people that we're impacting,
3: mm-hmm. you know, so
1: how do we make this more of a, you know, not broad, but very intentional statement to resonate with so many people. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're at right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And now give us the dish because I'm obsessed with Shark Tank, whether it's the first run on ABC and I like will stay up and watch the repeats on CNBC all of the time. So tell me, how did you get to Shark Tank?
1: Yeah. So we had applied, what, over a year ago. Now, I think this is almost two years now in the making. Um, But we got a call yeah, just about a year. It's been a year, one year. And then we went through a lot of different calls and um kind of just weeding out through I think it I think what they say is that's fifty thousand people a year apply. Wow. And then they dial it down to what, a thousand. And then they pick mm-hmm. the top hundred that we continually have meetings with on a mm-hmm. weekly basis. And then I think it's like eighty that actually air, you know, oh after being filmed. Yep. I think they actually film one hundred and
3: then from that only 80 percent air so it's like a buzzer beater because you don't even know if you're gonna get universe
2: i (laughs) know
3: i know i can't even imagine going through like all the ups and downs of it and taping and finding out that you're not even gonna be aired i mean it's an emotional like
1: roller coaster
0: yeah so give us a little behind the scenes of shark tank
1: It's crazy because it's just like what you see on TV, like where you're walking through those doors and it seems like (laughs) the longest hallway, you know, before you get to the sharks and then you're standing in front of them and you're just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to feel right now. That experience was absolutely everything. You know, to be able to be on a mainstream show, to take Dapper Boy in front of mainstream folks is invaluable, no matter what the outcome
0: was, no matter what was shown. Well, I guess it goes back to like representation matters, right? For Mm -hmm. so many people, they may have never even seen LGBTQ plus folks or LGBTQ plus competent fashion, right? That's so
3: true. Yes, we had. Right. So we had a customer reach out to us and say, my dad is a huge Shark Tank fan. And, you know, I am a lesbian and I have not ever felt seen by my family. But after you guys aired, I get a text message from my dad with three words check out Dapper Boy. And she said that it might have just been something small, but it was everything to her because she felt seen. And like to be able to do that, and I mean, for oh, that was so huge for us. And then to kind of give some context behind that, I mean, we were in a really scary situation. Um, and we talked about this a little bit more in depth, um, in our documentary that's going to be coming out called show her the money, but we were in a tough spot. Like we had to make some tough choices as Vicky talked about, we have twin five-year-olds. So, um, obviously we're a family owned business (laughs) and, um, you know, there was a day Vicky came to me and said, we've officially run out of money. We have to make some tough choices. We had to sell our house. And that was really, really tough. Uh, We shared it on Shark Tank and it was like a a blip in it, Um, you know, obviously, because we're focusing on the numbers and the business. But as far as like a family and how much that personally, like we're so invested that we're willing to put up a, a home that means so much to us. Like we raised our children in that home. So we made that tough decision to sell our home and, you know, reinvest in our business because we can't just say like, we believe in Dapper Boy. We yeah. truly do. So, yeah, we, we did that. And then, um, we were looking for a rental and then literally as we're like doing our pitch, our very last pitch to all of the execs for Shark Tank we're in our empty rental. And then we're also <laughs> we had an open house on the same day and we had to sell our house the first weekend in order to make rent for our rental oh my it gosh was so it's crazy stressful. crazy yes it was like bananas and my biggest worry was being that vulnerable and sharing that we're selling our house to the entire world that's a scary yeah. thing to say like yeah. one of the things that they focused on was like us saying they, I don't know why they ask this, but they go, how much money do you have in your bank account? And Mickey says, $100. We barely had enough gas money to get here. And as a matter of fact, we are selling our house. And I mean, I can laugh about it now because that is not a lie. That was a very crazy, extreme situation. Um, however, sharing that on national television felt like, Very exposing.
1: It was tough. It was tough. Yeah. Yeah. We did get that investment, the other investment, which is kind of crazy, the timing of it all, that morning. So there's a little (laughs) behind the scenes for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But it's interesting because when you all talk about your mission, it kind of means that, like, even though you walked out of Shark Tank without Mm -hmm. a deal... Right. Like you were actually on they your were, mission, yeah. right? Like you you right. met your mission just in that one person right. that like their Mm -hmm. life was changed because their family felt validated because they watched on network television, something about our community. Right.
1: Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Yes, that is so true. And at the same time too, those investors were not our people. We're not aligned, Mm -hmm. you know, so they didn't get the mission either. And I think it was just, um, what's kind of the blow in the end, you know, like watching it back in hindsight too. I think, we probably could have done a better job explaining, but at the same time, like our whole goal is to go mainstream. And what they kept saying is, you know, like stay in your lane, pretty much like stay in your community. And to me, you know, they just missed the, missed the, maybe it was on us.
0: Yeah. And so take me back, you know, Sharice, it's like you're sitting there and you're having a conversation. What, What was that moment that you realized, like, yes, we're going to sell our family home. We've, we've got yeah. two kids. This is the house yep. we raised them in, but you yeah. know what? This is the right choice, not only for our business, but it's also the right, right. choice for our family.
3: Well, I got to take it back a little bit. And so, um, you know, we started 2015 Vicki and I got really serious about it on our honeymoon. She like talked to me about this idea that she had. And I was like, Okay, sure, we'll start a clothing brand. Um, and obviously, it's evolved. Um, but the first two to three years, I was raising the girls. You know, during their naps, I was able to do social media and help out where I could. It wasn't until we were able to get them into preschool that I have been full time. And I have been, I just dove right in. I do all marketing, social media, operations. Um, however, it was I feel like at some point I really compartmentalized it because I was like, there's no one touching our home. Like it, it took a <laughs> lot of conversations. Out, right. Yeah. She had to, to talk to me about it because I mean, it is an emotional thing. Like you see your family grow up there and of my family, I was the first one of my siblings to you know, we were the first ones to buy a home and it meant so much to be able to accomplish that. It's the American dream. Like I'm first generation, um, Filipino moved here and like being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We really, okay. Okay. We got to talk a little bit more about that, but
0: yeah, um, exactly.
3: Yeah. So my parents, like they came here with like, not very much like my dad bought a steam cleaner my mom was like, slaying lumpia to the neighbors, like (laughs) my parents are like entrepreneurs. And so like it is the American dream. And so being an entrepreneur and then being able to own a home, there's so much pride that comes with that. Like just as parents and like being Filipino and, you know, there's just so much that goes into that. So making the tough decision to do that, it was like, you know what this is so materialistic um and i know it's the right choice because of the customer stories that exactly. we got after shark tank like so incredible we got this mom that reached out that was like oh my gosh my my child is able to smile again because there's brands like you that exist right like we're paving the way i know that we're in some very hard times with the lgbt Q plus community, but like we have to stick around. Like we did this exercise at work too. It was like, what does a world look like in 10 years with Dapper Boy? Without Dapper, yep.
1: And yeah.
3: then we did the same thing in reverse. What does a world look like without Dapper Boy? And that is what broke our hearts. And it was like,
1: that was a critical question. Of course we have sure. to sell our home. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It was like, of course we have to sell our home. Why would we not when there's so much on the line? Yeah. What happens if our brand doesn't exist for, you know, so many people?
0: And tell me, Sharice, what was the biggest thing you learned from your parents?
3: Oh, gosh. (laughs) Wow. It just, I think I learned from my parents how to stretch a dollar. It can go so (laughs) many different (laughs) ways. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And, like, the value of a dollar and, like, really what hard work does um yeah it 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 totally has been a game changer like the, we are not we're not shy about getting in rolling up our sleeves and doing all the hard
1: work
0: yeah definitely yeah and vicky tell me the the story what is what was the inspiration for dapper boy
1: yeah, it first started, you know, once I actually like, came out, you know, to my family and um, chopped my hair. I was with actually a straight woman in a secret relationship for four and a half years. Wow. And um, I know it's now that's crazy. the reality
0: <laughs> show we needed to see. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: We're <laughs> always renting two bedroom apartments because we're roommates, you know, but um, no. But after we broke up is when I was like, I need to really explore who I am. That was my first, you know, lesbian mm. relationship. And, you know, I remember going to, it's in, you know, Hillcrest here in San Diego as I are like gay scene and just realizing and, and a friend had actually pointed out like, Vicky, are you trying to be like this kind of style? And it was a lot more masculine, you know, and I, I cut my hair off and I just started becoming so much more confident and it showed through my work. So I, you know, was um, a manager at a casino at the time wearing a lot of suits. Mm-hmm. And those clothes, you know, wearing them from the men's section never actually fit my body properly. And so like once I became confident enough, like in who I was going to be and who I wanted to be um, and shopping, taking that, you know, step in shopping in the men's department, which is a very scary thing, you know, socially, you know, like what are they going to think, you know, this me going in there, you know. How how my thoughts have changed and evolved throughout the years It's just wild. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I knew that I wanted to start, you know, wearing clothes that actually fit me properly. So after years of ill-fitting clothes, but a new confidence in the style that I wanted, I, you know, really wanted to start my own line. And it originally started with suits because that's what I had to wear. But I, at that time in 2015, there were a couple other kind of lesbian-owned suit companies, similar ideas coming out. And so I was like, you know, let's backtrack because I care a lot more about the everyday clothes, jeans. Yeah. That was the first item I tried on in the men's section. Never fit my body properly. I got a big booty here. And so I had to buy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> two sizes too big, which led it to look, me to look very sloppy and unflattering everywhere else. And so that was really, you know, the, the behind the scenes story of how we started launching our brand Adapter Dapper Boy, not having a fashion background whatsoever. I always mm-hmm. say this too. I think my friends from back home would laugh, like, you know, like Vicky's starting a fashion line, like that's wild, you know. But, <laughs> but you know, once once I had the clothes that actually fit my body, it's like a completely changed, evolved person.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Vicky, tell me about that moment for you when you were like, This is it. I'm I'm chopping off my hair and I'm gonna like present the way that I feel I'm most comfortable in and who I am. What, what was that moment that you made that choice?
1: So it's kind of funny. It was, it was a, a few different moments. I was watching, I think it was So You Think You Can Dance actually. And it was <laughs> Mia Mi- Mia Michaels was like the dance choreographer and she had this badass, like cool short haircut. And I remember I kept kind of going for validation to like show my family, like, what do you think about this? Just like kind of putting feelers out into the world. Mm-hmm. And then it was, um, my aunt actually was like, let's go to Vegas. She had to go for a trade show one night it was me, my ex, and her, and they're like, "Let's just do it, Vicky. Like, just chop your hair. Let's go for it." And what's funny is, so I did it, and I was stoked, but it was still very feminine because I wasn't. Yes. She looked like John and Kate plus eight. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everything is a reality show reference today, right?
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> it totally is. It totally is. Yeah, but it, it's. I didn't know how to say, you know, because I didn't know. I still wasn't quite there yet. It was like, I wanted a barber haircut is what Mm. I really wanted. I wanted a fade and I didn't know the language, the lingo, what I wanted. And every time I would go to the salon be like, can you cut it shorter? And I remember the stylist would always be like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, <'cause> not <laughs> knowing where I was going, right. but then it really was a conversation. My friend sat me down and was like, cause I was wearing hoop earrings at like big hoop earrings at the time, still with the short hair and a cross body bag, like coach bag, you know, that was like, kind of like this transition kind of thing. And she was like, Vicky, like, I, you know, trying to be like, so kind, but, um, is this what you're trying to do here? You know? Cause you may want to lose this. Like you talked about a wallet before. Like, do you want to buy a wallet, Vicky? Like, be honest with me. And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. And that was before yeah. my very first shopping experience at Old Navy. And that's when I shopped in the men's section and I never went yeah. back. Got my wallet. Got my studs instead of the hoops and more <laughs> into these fades.
0: <laughs> and, and Vicky, how did that change your time at work? Right, when you were able to show up with that confidence and be who you were, how did that impact your work? Cause at the time you were working in gaming and hospitality.
1: Right. It was huge. So I was the promotions and events uh manager at that point. And so I just had a different confidence in meetings with the, uh, you know, my superiors. And then I ended up actually getting a cooler a position at a smaller casino. And I think it was because this new confidence and wearing these suits every day Mm -hmm. and constantly now presenting and having a new confidence in myself and being on the microphone in front of all the guests in the casino on New Year's Eve, you know, like those are the kinds of things now I was doing. And then I got a position actually as the manager of an entire department uh, or director, I guess, level of an entire marketing department soon after that. And then after that, again, I continued with Mm -hmm. marketing consulting. And it was just like a completely different person. I wasn't, you know, shy and um, feeling
0: awkward anymore. It was just like me. And now Sharice talked to me like, so y- you had a career, you're working at a university, right? You're doing mm-hmm. all this. What What convinced you that you were like, nope, that's it. We're going to leave those real jobs, right? Where mm-hmm. we get paychecks and vacation time and all of that. And, yep. and we're actually going to become founders. We're like going all in on, right. a, a, on a fashion company when we don't really have fashion background.
3: Yes, so... Okay, let me tell you. I'm all things fashion. I love fashion. Like I've broken many closet rods because I have too many clothes. Like I am all about clothes, busting at the at the at the seams. Um, so, um, you know, again, I feel like. Um, well, I guess I should start with this story. Vicky and I actually met because I had an idea for a company, also, and then Ooh. I. Yes. And so, um, I was told that Vicki had a marketing back, had a marketing background. So I approached her, we got together weekly for meetings. And I think like, because we connected as business minded people first and then became friends. And then, you know, she put on some moves and I was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's go on a couple dates now. Um, I mean, we're just so like-minded Um, so it just felt very natural. Um, even like along in my pregnancy, I was hospitalized for, uh, five, Mm. six weeks, um, because I had such a very high risk pregnancy that I needed to be monitored 24 seven. Vicki was working on Dapper Boy in the hospital room. Um, and so It sounds funny. We work seven days a week, but there is also some flexibility and there's nothing better than working with your partner towards a common goal. Um, Yeah. Because that's inside and outside of the house. And like, we're always having these collaborative conversations. So it's really been wonderful. Security, again, being a first generation Filipino and like the first thing your parents embedded in you is like being able to provide security equates to love um, is, mm. is tough because, you know, when you own your own business, you don't always get the same paycheck, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like always the very up and down volati- <laughs> volatility of the business. Um, but we're very happy to be able to set an example for our children and let them know that like, you can do anything that you put your mind to. Like we asked our kids the other day, what they want to do when they grow up. One mm. said YouTuber. The other one said work for Dapper
0: Boy. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. They might end up
3: doing our social media.
0: <laughs> now, I want to talk a little bit about your brands, but as well as the Dapper Boy brand. So give me like three words that you would use to describe the Dapper Boy brand.
1: Yeah, I would say fun. I would say authentic. Um. Inclusive. And yeah, inclusive for sure.
0: Yeah. And now tell me when you are running the business, how do you use fun, authentic and inclusive to sort of guide everything from obviously it guides product, right? And and the design mm-hmm. of the clothes. But how does it maybe drive marketing or other decisions that you all make that are tough decisions that we have to make when we're entrepreneurs and small business owners?
1: Yeah, I mean, when it when it came to the original advertising, we were always kind of coming through with it was always me and my friends putting out these videos of like showcasing the problem first. Like relatability is another word I would actually, you know, really hit hard there. And I think people with the same problem that I was having, whether you're from the LGBTQ plus community or not, um, it just resonates with you. And then you see people that are just like you, you know, having fun, not trying to push an agenda. Um and just being your authentic self, you know, it was kind of a no brainer in that way. Mm-hmm. When it comes to business decisions, we still have to think about it from that way. You know, and it, it comes down to even like selling our house. We thought about, again, when going back to Sharice's story, when we had that meeting about, okay, what would a world look like without Dapper Boy? We we can't stop this brand because these customer stories and, and what, how we resonate with them is everything. So yes, we may have to like scale back a little bit and get really crafty. And, um, but that's how we've always led with those customer stories and the authentic stories first, because we know that we will be successful.
0: Yeah. And Sharice, give me three words that would describe your brand as a founder and the chief operating officer.
3: Authentic, grounded, and
0: personable
3: Mm. um when i think about marketing i we constantly have vicky on there talking i mean you know she she we're having fun and showing our friends and everything but we've also shown some of the behind the scenes of what it takes to run a brand and i think you know when as you get bigger some of the bigger brands it's you don't see what it's like to grow a company. And so I think aside from also showing clothes, we also have to show our personalities and what we do day in and day out, like behind the the computer, behind the clothing, what it takes to run a brand. And um, I think that's been really special to share um, and show people that like, representation matters and Mm. being a business owner and starting in 2015 and being able to push through some really tough times is so important um we had just one thing that was important that we highlighted in the show her the money documentary is less than two percent of female or female-owned businesses receive funding and, yeah. you know, it has been a tough journey, but we show up every single day and we tell Dapper Boy's story. And, um, you know, we we try to find people that are aligned with our mission.
0: Yeah. And what about you, Vicky? Give me three words that describe mm-hmm. your brand as a leader.
1: Yeah, I would say empathetic, um, authentic and always learning. Um. And I think that that last one is a huge one for me right now. And it's like, you know, you think as a leader, especially starting a brand, that you need to know everything. Mm. Um, but really, it's like connecting with people and and learning from others as you go is has been invaluable, especially over these last couple of years. You know, with fundraising, that's something mm-hmm. that's brand new to... To me, it, it, I, brand new meaning two years, but like learning that lingo, learning to talk yeah. talking to the right people, and not being intimidated by people, being open to learning, and having those chats and asking the questions. I think that's really mm-hmm. a key. I think empathy is huge too, and it's been something great in me my entire life. I know um, my parents, especially. So it's you know putting yourself in other people's shoes and and coming at it from you know what they could be going through. And I think that's where what really um, also resonates with our customers.
0: Yeah, and I know uh, Charisse, you talked about being personable. Vicky, you talk about being empathetic, and you talk so much about your your customers and and their stories. Tell me, what are some of the things that you've done to change the business or evolve the brand based mm-hmm. on what you've heard from your clients?
1: Yeah, it's it, from a product standpoint, you know, we're really always getting feedback from our customers. That's kind of how we uh, evolved throughout the years and like, you know, dialing in which products are going to work because we yeah. never want to sit on inventory. You know, and it, it was a it's been a you know journey for sure with the last eight years, but how we've been able to bootstrap this brand is by hearing our customer feedback. It's it's launching these pre-order campaigns with products, you know, which products are working, which are not. And getting rid of the ones that don't and then holding on to the ones that do and creating other, you know, styles with those products, those key products. Mm -hmm. And it's like always listening um, to these
0: customers. Yeah. And tell me, how have you evolved your own leadership brands over Mm -hmm. time? Have you always been these things or these kind of things that you've shifted and altered?
1: I can I can speak for myself personally here, yeah. and it's that's why I think that always learning for me is is a big one. Yeah, I'm a, can be a little bit stubborn, and <laughs> uh, you know maybe that's one attribute I didn't you know talk about, but um, thinking that I got to do everything and I need to prove myself, but it's like again these essential connections I've had over this last year and a half, two years here have been everything, and just being open and vulnerable is a key word too, um, to being able to learn more and implement and now, you know, evolve now further as a leader and, you know, for the brand.
0: And and what was one of those moments that really taught you that you needed to be open and not know everything and learn?
1: Yeah. Um, it was when we actually we were hooked up with Start Out, which is an incredible resource yeah. um, for for founders and investors. And I was paired with my first mentor, and that was a complete game changer. His name's Vincent Diallo from um, uh, Interlace Ventures, and you know it's interesting because he is a VC and I'm a you know founder, and it's having real chats, but I'm not on a level where you're like he's invested in the company. It's like, we got to get real and raw yeah. here with each other. And he's, he's helping me, you know, through this process and what, you know, these investors look for and how to present yourself and what my deck should look like. And that kind of allowed me you know, to like start. Okay. It wasn't scary to have a conversation with him. Mm. You know, he's turned into a friend and th- these are just normal people just because you have money doesn't mean you know more than me and my business. And so, like, it allowed me to, like, okay, put myself out there, start speaking to more investors, going to pitch events, and then somehow it just happens where you're just like connecting with all the right people right. now, and 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 these connections have been vital, right. you know, to get our investor that we currently have,
3: right? Yeah, um, I think as far as the evolution of Dapper Boy, in addition to that, is like. Vicky, when we first started the brand, and we still are a very lean team, but she was wearing all hats. She was customer service, and she was also packing the orders, and then she was also marketing, and she wore all of the hats. And yeah. so the minute that she, we were like, oh my gosh, we are so far behind in the fundraising like s- part of our business. Like We need to start fundraising. And now, I don't think that we really realize how much of a full-time job it is networking, yeah. building relationships, creating your deck, pitching your deck, having meetings. And again, you know, during COVID times when we were doing this, Vicky was doing everything virtually. Wow. Um, so, um, thank God that our girls were then at an age to be able to go to preschool because then I dove in and I was able to immediately take over marketing, social media operations, etc.
0: Now tell me, from a marketing perspective, what are some things you've learned about stewarding the Dapper Boy brand that you feel anyone could use to brand themselves in their own career?
1: It all kind of depends on the project or the product and project. You know, is it a meaningful thing to you? You know, what what kind of product is that? But I would say stay true to yourself. Make sure you're asking those questions right from the beginning. What problem are you solving and how can you relate to your customers?
3: Wow. Yeah. I think there's also so much education out there. There's so many podcasts. There's so many mentorship opportunities and networking opportunities that you have to leverage your community and be surrounded by like-minded people. Like you have to get in the mindset every day. Like, are you going to get after this goal? Are you going to become overwhelmed? I think it's like about breaking it up in
0: digestible goals. We could talk all day. So I have some fun, uh, quick uh, closeout questions for the two of you. Um, We've been talking all about the Dapper Boy brand and your brand as leaders. What brand are you all obsessed with? What can't you live without other than Dapper Boy?
3: Okay, so... um, this weekend, I just finished, uh, my fifth half marathon. So I am like just big on wearing like lots of athleisure stuff. So I'm obsessed with Lululemon and uh-huh. Aloe. Yeah. So I like to wear those brands a lot. And then like a Dapper Boy hoodie on top. That's the uniform daily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we've been a into big, Nike um, yep. a lot too. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I was going to say I'm a big shoe person. Um, I love uh, definitely Nikes for like casual wear, but I really love actually Thursday boots is mm-hmm. a big one for me, and uh, movement watches.
0: Awesome. Now, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? Oh,
1: we know that
0: we're Tesla. Oh, we know. <laughs> ah, and and why are you all like Teslas?
1: For me personally, I just love the concept of electric car. We had one back, you know, earlier days when it was 2013. They're fast. Um, I think Tesla is just a a good-looking car. You know, obviously the the founders, there's some questionable stuff going on here, but, like, I just love the car. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
3: I think that they were innovative also, and, like, they're just innovative, and sustain um you know like really forward thinking with sustainability and everything um we're a vegan family also so like having an electric car is like important to our
1: core core values
0: yeah now finally what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners
1: um, for me, it's connect early and often. I think connection is such another huge word. We connect mm-hmm. with everyone, whether it's through your customers, through your social media, with your employees, with your investors, everything comes down to connection. Mm-hmm. Do not be afraid to connect early and often. Ooh, love that. Yep.
3: Yeah, and I think I touched on it a little bit. It's goals and priorities. Like, what are your priorities for the day and how can you break them up into small little digestible things that you can accomplish. And then like having a goal so that when you look, cause sometimes you feel overwhelmed, like, wow, I really, is this for me? But when we take a look back and say, Hey, this is what we wanted to accomplish five years ago. And this is how far we've come. It's like a touch base for yourself to be able to pat yourself on the back and to work towards.
0: Yeah, because you can't manage what you can't measure, right? That (laughs) is right. right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Vicky and Sharice, Pasha, it's been great having you on the show. The brand is Dapper Boy. And for everyone out there, where can we find more info about Dapper Boy?
1: Sure. So our Instagram is at Dapper Boy, D-A-P-P-E-R-B-O-I. Um, and our website is www.dapperboy.com and you can find us also on TikTok um dapperboy squad
0: yeah and you can get all the info in the show notes and finally i know we will be seeing you in in person and on streaming coming up for the rest of the year where else can we see, will we see you this year
1: Yeah, so we're going to be on this uh, amazing documentary put on by um, Catherine Gray and Kai Dickens called Show Her the Money. It's really about women um, investors and founders and like in our crazy wild journeys. Um, Actually, we're about to be on a CBS interview locally here today. And so that's going to be exciting as well. But we got all kinds of things going on.
0: And so we will all be at Unleashed LGBTQ September 22nd and 24th in Dallas, Texas, which is the first of its kind conference and festival for LGBTQ plus professionals, brands and performers. So I will see you all in Dallas. Happy Pride Month. And thank you for being on the show. Happy Pride. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back in a few moments with my final thoughts. thoughts.
2: Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how.
0: Wow, what a great way to close out LGBTQ Pride Month. I just loved talking to Vicky and Charisse. They had so much energy and wow, their story was amazing because it was all about being true to who you are and making tough choices based on what you believe, what your superpowers are, and what it is that you value. You know, one of the things that really stood out from my conversation with Vicky and Charisse was this whole notion of knowing who your audience is and super serving them. And I loved that they were able to kind of break down that it's not so much about demographics. And in fact, that really got them caught up on Shark Tank, right? Because it's really about the psychographics of who wants to purchase the product, right? Who behaves in a way that shares those values that you can help solve problems for. So I want you to make sure that you are making sure that you are focused on your career audience, but not focusing so much on demographics. Like, I'm only going to talk to these executives because they're the folks that are going to promote me. Or I'm only going to focus on, you know, my direct reports. Instead, really think about who are the types of people? What are those avatars and personas that are attracted to you? Guess what? That is your posse. And those are your super fans. Figure out a way that you can super serve your super fans in your career audience, and the rest will come. Well, that's our show for today. If you loved what you heard, make sure you are following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll bring you a brand new show every single week. June is coming to a close, which means LGBTQ Plus Pride Month is almost over, but we are celebrating Pride on Brand every single day of the year because you can go on demand to leadwithyourbrand.com pride at any time to catch our full collection of amazing leaders, executives, and change makers, all who identify as members of the LGBTQ community. Now, if you have a question for me, make sure that you connect on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. And if you direct message me on LinkedIn, I might feature one of your questions or one of your topics on an upcoming show. Now, most of all, and most importantly of all, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee in your career. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks.
2: You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.